coming up. What is the Mayo Spot? What is in it? What's it made out of? And what does it do? Clean, right? They're vegan friendly, no artificial coloring, no artificial flavoring, no sugar, no gelatin. Like, I don't even really know what's in these suckers, to be honest with you, because it sounds like nothing. But (laughs) obviously something made them. So since we're here and you're here, we obviously want to do a live demo. Over half the population are mouth breathers. That's huge. That's one out of two people. And the reason is because... Um, one is the the airway changes and two is your tongue posture completely changes and I said well look let's try my spots and the strangest thing is that the moment it went in she had her mouth closed for the whole appointment and I'm thinking well what is going on like is is it just a habit I think what's great about anything that you can use for passive where is it's like a fidget spinner for your tongue. It just gives it something to do for its little ADD tongue brain. So you get like a positive feedback loop. That's so cool. You, 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 mm-hmm. you elevate your tongue, you get saliva, you get taste, you elevate it and it just keeps going further and further. And that's what, that's the mechanism of action to the point where you don't even think about it anymore because now it's happening on a subconscious level. You know, they say like the holistic dentist recommended we do it this way. And I've always just worked in general practice where it was like, no, just to remove a silver filling, you just drill it. We suction it. We catch all the gunk, but there's a lot more to it. It sounds like. Yeah. There's vapor as well. And the vapor, you can't, you can't see the mercury vapor and, and it lodges in your cells. Like it goes right into, and if it go, if it lodges into your neurons, it's hard to actually get those that out and you have to go through a whole bunch of protocols to try and you know uh pull the mercury out from the cells to um to outside the cell that once it's in the in the blood then you've got to pull that out as well and i mean it takes quite a bit to to take it out and then and when you've got that lodged in your system it doesn't leave it slows down your mitochondria it slows down um all those pathways want to invite you to the first annual Munch Bunch Wellness and Rejuvenation Retreat in the Dominican Republic, November 9th through the 12th, 2023. It will be an all-inclusive retreat meant to refuel you, give you a chance to rest, relax, and network with others in our Munch Bunch family. We will also be talking about ways to get out of your own way so you can live your dreams, build your business, and do what you need to do. So check it out. The link is in the description, and the dates are November 9th through the 12th. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. It's Kimi Nishimoto and Megan Vanoy. Hello. Hello. And today we have Shehab Faragala. I hope I said that okay. Uh, yep, you got that right. <laughs> he is an um, holistic dentist based out of the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. Seems like some of the smartest people that we connect with on the podcast are always from Australia. So I don't know what you guys got in the water down there, but we're here for it. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's probably more more time. (laughs) It's less busy, I think. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So 
one of the coolest things about Dr. Shehab is he helped to create the Mayo spot. So mm -hmm. if you, yep. So I'm going to let him speak to more like what is the Mayo spot? What is in it? What's it made out of? And what does it do? But before we jump into that, we're going to pull our affirmator for the week for our Munchy Monday affirmator. All right. So. All right. Just to really put you in the mindset here. So. All right. Tell me when to stop. I'm going to do it this way. Stop. <laughs> All right. Ooh, I love this. Roots. All right. This is really good um, because like we're always talking about root causes around here. So uh, roots, I remember where I came from for better or for worse. And I'm grateful for the person I've become either because of or perhaps despite my upbringing. As I move through life, I keep growing and changing, but I can't marvel at the magnitude of my journey without reflecting on where it all began. So, ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. So it was. All right, what a good way to start the 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 episode here. So, uh, if you guys are watching, you just saw me like dangle those mile spots um, in front of the screen. If you weren't watching, imagine me dangling a bottle of mile spots mm -hmm. um, on the screen. Obviously, um, obviously, Shibab has many many a talent uh, besides just being the co-founder. Um, and the director of Myospots with his business partner, um, Dr. Ibrahim. And uh, we want to talk, honestly, about literally everything. So start us off with how you even became a dentist and then what got you into holistic dentistry, um, because that is still super niche, right? Dentistry is not a niche, but then we're really starting more in talking about holistic dentistry and then the creation of the Myospots, which are like very um clean right they're vegan friendly no artificial coloring no artificial flavoring no sugar no gelatin like i don't even really know what's in these suckers to be honest with you because it sounds like nothing but <laughs> obviously something made them so give us your background what's been going on um okay so um i became a dentist uh about 20 years ago so it's been a while and my journey to becoming a dentist was uh, I was interested in, in healthcare and um, I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. So dentistry seemed like the right thing because um, I didn't want to do too much and become a doctor. And I thought, well, I looked at, I, I spoke to a few dentists in the field and they said, look, it's something that you could do. So I, that's where, that's where I started to do dentistry. The, my journey to holistic dentistry is a little bit different though, because I ran a general practice for probably uh, close to 10 years and I stumbled across a lot of different uh, situations that made me realize that there is more to, to dentistry than just teeth. And it's something you do learn about, but uh, it wasn't until I, I met a couple of patients that told me, look, um, you need to look at this and look at that. And one of those situations was a patient who had a lymphatic swelling in his groin and he he actually asked me to extract his tooth uh, not knowing that there was any connection to this lymphatic swelling that he's had for many many years and he's he's tried to get it sorted they 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 uh took some samples of it um and they couldn't find what was wrong with it and they just said look you just have to live with it it's some kind of cystic lesion there uh, i took out this tooth 
without wanting to because I thought the tooth was okay and it could be fixed with a root canal or whatever it is that I was going to do back then at that time. But anyhow, he was very adamant that I was to take the tooth out. Now, after I took the tooth out, months later, he came back to me and he said, you wouldn't believe, but that, that swelling in my groin is completely gone. And I, it made me think in the back of my mind, well, what's going on? How come uh, in the mouth and all the way down there? Now, now it's very obvious because I, you know, you see the body as, as a system of, oh, well, in one, in one case, you'd look at it like a, a river with many branches and off those branches are other branches. And if you block one part, then down the stream, you can get like blockages and rubbish down further. And so that was one of the situations that made me look and say, well, this is really interesting. I had other situations where patients would want mercury fillings replaced. And when they'd come in, they'd give me all this information and say, look, you know, um, are you going to take him out safely? I didn't understand what safely meant. I thought we were doing it all safe at the time. And a whole bunch of small situations like that. And and then, of course, there was a lot of children that would come in that would be um, mouth breathers and uh, uh, chronically open mouth with low tongue postures. And at the time, I didn't realize what was going on. But I did notice that the children that looked healthier, that actually were more attentive that looked more focused generally had their lips together and they were breathing through the nose and then that sort of spurred me to start looking at a number of different studies and do more courses and I met uh, I met with Steve almost many years ago and I met with a whole bunch of other people I did some work with my uh, my brace as well and yeah that's basically my journey into sort of how it spurred me into holistic dentistry <laughs> in summary. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's funny because as you're like learning more about like holistic dentistry and you're right, you're like, I mean, what's it, what do you mean a safe way to take out a root canal? Like you're going to be numb. We're going to use like gloves yeah. and the right tools. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, well now it like the practice that I work out, if you imagine, um, suppose we're taking out a tooth that's been root canal, we'll, we'll, let's go with that. Um, the protocols we have are really strict. We, um, not only, of course, we make sure there's no cavitations there and that might you might need to get some scans of things to see if you've got some cavitations. Um, then after you take out the tooth, you've got to, where you go in there and you actually clean the inside of the socket to make sure there's no ligament left behind because sometimes that ligament, when you leave it behind, can cause further cavitations when it heals over. And cleaning on the inside, you know, um, at the practice I'm at, they use a combination of trauma and uh, peroxide and to make sure there's no bacteria left behind or and, and and the socket heals well we don't get we we very very rarely get dry socket infections hmm. and and it's usually quite a high incidence but because of the protocols we use um, that they heal up really well I don't do those extractions but it's part of some of the other dentists that do that through holistic dentistry and uh, it's really interesting because it's not something that you'd normally do. Just take a tooth out and that's it. Let the body heal. And the same, go, the same is true for amalgam, for example. Like when you're taking out amalgams, well, the protocols we have are crazy. We Not only do we, of course, use a rubber dam, but the, the patient is on oxygen. I'm on oxygen as well as a nurse. And then we've got like a massive, um, uh, like a charcoal filter suction machine right next to the the patient's mouth as we're doing it 
and and of course there's a rubber dam there and that's that's pulling all that excess um mercury vapor that you can't see that lodges into your you know cells and that and 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 even as far as um you know the the uh taking the right supplements before and after and we've mm. got like we've got iv um you know intravenous supplements to sort of bind any sort of mercury that goes in so it sounds a little, a little bit over over the top but really it's it's um it's a different way of looking at, at how to do things i have always wanted to know why um you know they say like the holistic dentist recommended we do it this way and i've always just worked in general practice where it was like no just to remove a silver filling you just drill it we suction it we catch all the gunk but there's a lot more to it it sounds like yeah there's vapor as well and the vapor you can't you can't see the mercury vapor and and it lodges in your cells like it goes right into and if it go if it lodges into your neurons it's hard to actually get those that out and you have to go through a whole bunch of protocols to try and you know uh pull the mercury out from the cells to um to outside the cell that once it's in the in the blood then you've got to pull that out as well and i mean it takes quite a bit to to take it out and then and when you've got that lodged in your system it doesn't leave it slows down your mitochondria it slows down um all those pathways and it leads to degenerative conditions and things like that and it's something that you don't want to you really don't want to have a whole bunch of because um it's additive as well so you get mercury not just from uh, amalgam but you you get it from you know large fish so you've got to it i i believe that we should be like you know regularly detoxing whether that's you know through you because know, exercise is a type of detox in my opinion anyway um because you're sweating that's you know activating the you know the sweat system and then um you know doing saunas or you know, fasting or whatever it might be, I think it should be part of life because we're exposed to so much uh, in terms of toxicity. You got to try and get it out, but you don't want to get sudden dosages, uh, like when you're removing an amalgam, where you just get a massive hit of it. Mm. And uh, and of course, there's vapor in every time you sort of chew um, with amalgams. There, surprisingly, here in Australia, they still teach amalgam um, restorations and. Uh, in a lot of European countries, it's, um, well, it's, you're not allowed to use amalgam anymore. And if you go by the, the idea of just do no harm, um, you wouldn't use it. And, and of course you don't need to, there's some, so many better materials out there. You don't need to use it anymore. Anyway, so. Oh, I have more questions for you about amalgam. Um, yeah. And going back to like other countries, I did an internship when I was in college where I went and watched and observed dental offices in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I did that for about yeah. three months and they still use amalgam, but they mix it by hand. Wow. The amalgam and yeah. mercury was still in a jar and I was low key kind of nervous about that because yeah. you know what they say about people playing yeah. with quicksilver that used to cause birth defects. Um, right. Yeah. What is besides cracking of teeth and obviously decay? What are other implications of amalgams? Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, the cracking um, is a big one, um, and the corrosion is a really big one as well. Because if you look at old amalgams, they're metal and they heat and shrink, and so they 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 end up corroding a bit, and they and eventually cause 
damage to the tooth long-term. So when you see a tooth that's had an amalgam for a long time, uh, because of the warping uh, of the amalgam over a long periods of time, the nerve starts to recede. The tooth becomes very brittle. So that's one of the, um, and then it just subjects the tooth to uh, possible breakages and something. I've seen teeth split right down the middle because of amalgams as well. But apart from that, you've got issues like um, the exposure of continual mercury every time you eat, because as you're eating, your teeth, you know, bite up against one another, and that causes a little amount of vapor to be released. So you're always exposed to vapor, and it's mercury. And if you're continually be exposed to mercury, then you'll get a whole bunch of um, conditions that relate to mercury toxicity. The problem is when people talk about mercury toxicity, they talk about the higher end of mercury toxicity. But I I think that um, that range where you get like serious degenerative conditions, I think things start happening before then that you don't, it's like, imagine like, you know, cancer doesn't just start as a, as a big blob of cancer. It's probably there five years before you've actually got it. And I was, re- I was I was reading online the other day that there's there's um, new technology, artificial intelligence that's able to identify breast cancer uh, four to five years before it actually appears. Wow. And so the the point I'm trying to make is that okay, just because you haven't reached a certain amount or concentration of you know blood mercury, it doesn't mean that you're not under some kind of strain or stress from it. So you're better off not having it there, and in my opinion, because um, it will cause uh, a burden on your system, and you don't want to. It's kind of like um, an extra thing that your body has to worry about to deal with on top of what it does anyway, and uh, so that's the main things I think with amalgam, um, the continually ex- continual exposure to uh, mercury vapor. Mm-hmm. I have always wow. wondered about this other one with the holistic dentist. Is there BPA in like your standard composite? Yeah, so the the composite that we use is BPA free and you can get some brands. Genial I think is one brand. I'm not trying to advocate any brands here, but mm-hmm. um a few German vo- like I think from Voco, they make some BPA free. So we've got where where we practice, our patients are really onto it. So they, a lot of those patients will come in and they'll research, they'll ask for the names of the materials that we have and they'll go and research exactly what they have. So the materials we have don't have any, uh, yeah, but a lot of them do. And I, I don't know what proportion of uh, filling materials have that, but a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. And what would be implications of BPA in a filling? Uh, well, so it's another toxin and it's another burden on your system. And BPAs are linked to a whole uh, range of different conditions. Um, similar to uh, mercury, it can affect your cells on a cellular level. And that can also cause issues with um, anything from uh, neurodegenerative conditions um, to physical conditions. And I don't know, like the thing is, it, there are links to cancer, there are links, to, but nobody really knows for sure exactly how harmful these things are. But um, the best thing to do is just avoid them, avoid them completely, not 
not get anywhere near him. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that we don't really know. And I think the closer we, the closer we are to what is natural, the better. Um, like yeah. for instance, in toothpastes, um, the toothpastes I use don't have any sodium lauryl sulfates or aluminium or, and, and it's not because of anything other than, okay, I don't know what harms they do, but I do know that I'm exposing exposing myself to this twice a day for many, many years. I don't know what that's going to do. Um, you know, there's been implications on affecting your, your um, oral bacterial flora, which then connects to your gut flora. And so it's the continual exposure to small things over long periods of time that you kind of get concerned about. And so uh, where I practice, we try to, when somebody asks me, oh, what kind of toothpaste should I use? I don't tell them what toothpaste. I just tell them, look, these are the ingredients you want to try and avoid. And these are the ingredients you want to try and find. And if you do that, then you're okay. And and it's okay from time to time to uh, to brush with a really soft brush without any paste. It's okay to do that from time to time. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I had um, a patient that had gotten some sort of, I think it was some sort of oral thing on her tongue. And so then she went to all these specialists and they put her on this whole cocktail of different antibiotics. And unfortunately for her, it made it like a lot worse because it like just decimated her microbiome in her gut. So then she developed burning tongue where her tongue was just so raw. And this was like months, months of this, you know? So when I saw her, I was like, try an experiment where you don't use SLS in your toothpaste. Try mm. something that's SLS free and see if that helps the burning tongue. And then maybe try some oil pulling with coconut oil and just see if that helps to soothe you. And I was really happy for her because I saw her a couple of weeks afterwards and she was like, that's the only thing so far that has helped. So SLS is an interesting one where a lot of people are really sensitive to it or mm -hmm. something happens where they were fine with it for years and years and years, but if their body got too sensitive because of other issues, then it just reacts or yeah. canker sores are really common with SLS. Yes, that's mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't, I like, I learned this over 10 years ago, actually, um, that SLS is a, is a no for my little canker sore mouth and I haven't used it in probably 12 years and haven't had a canker sore since. So, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I use, I don't, I use hydroxyapatite, uh, toothpaste as well. Um, so does, so does Izzy. So we, we use that over in our, in our house as well. Um, and I, and I love it. So I'm very, very happy with it. So is that kind of, we want to introduce this Thought for Tots course, a parent's guide for toddlers ages 2 to 5 for Mini Mayo. We have Megan and Kimmy going over nasal hygiene, myofunctional exercises, breathing exercises, tongue tie healing protocols, and then we have Jenny June going over sleep hygiene and Kelsey Baker going over feeding therapy and body work. Uh, the course is $2.97 and the link will be in the description. trying to stay like as close to natural and as close to organic as possible. Is that kind of how like myo spots came to be or what was kind of the idea behind that? Yeah. Um, so with myo spots, I did a lot of work with uh, children 
my functional therapy. And with regards to my functional therapy, I would um, identify what was going on. Firstly, and, and you would know, are they a mouth breather? Do they have a breathing disorder? Uh, where's their tongue? Are their lips together? Are they swallowing cor correctly? And I'd look at their posture. And I I needed something to, especially for children, um, although my spots now gets used for everyone, but I needed something especially for, yeah, I mean, adults as well. So I needed something especially for children and something that would entice them to elevate their tongue. And it would be almost a conscious and subconscious um, elevation. So then that way it would become uh, a long habit and you'd form memory because you're doing it without even realizing it. And so that would be something that when, once the, the tongue gets elevated, the lips will come together and you get a, a number of great benefits. One is that you start changing the route of breathing, which is to me, it's one of the most overlooked things because you, you speak to a lot of my functional therapists or speech therapists and things like that. And they're like, well, why do you need the tongue elevated? And to me, it's, it's so that you can actually stop that oral airway and get them breathing through your nose. And so I had a patient actually yesterday and um, she was uh, five, five years old. And the issue with her route of breathing is that she was, you know, very sunken under the eyes, mouth open. And the mother came up to me and said, look, um, is there anything you could do um, about this? So I said, well, look, let's get her some my functional therapy. But the my functional therapists were, were, they're all on holidays. And I said, well, look, let's try my spots. And the strangest thing is that the moment it went in, she had her mouth closed for the whole appointment. And I'm wow. thinking, well, what is going on? Like, is, is it just a habit? I mean, she's, this little girl had already seen an ENT. Now I did look up her nose that she had a little like um, skin tag in one of her nostrils. So hmm. I've asked her to go back to the ENT because she's seen an ENT already. But I referred her to another like ENT. I said, look, better get this checked out because sometimes you get these little skin tags on the inside of your nose and they, um, and she complained that her, you know, her daughter's um, nostril was always bleeding. And so what would happen is that um, it would irritate this. This is why I think happens anyway. It irritate the skin tag and she'd bleed and it would, it was difficult for her to breathe through her nose. But, but the point is that when the my spot was in, the route of breathing completely changed because once the tongue is up, the lips are together, you're breathing through your nose. And so that was the, the one of the biggest things that, because, you know, over half the population are mouth breathers. That's yeah. huge. I mean, depending on what size you look at, but that's a, that's one out of two people. Now you got to, you got to say, well, what does that mean? What, what implications does that have on the, on the world, on the community, um, the population, if, if half of them are mouth breathing? There are connections to ADHD. There are connections to um, uh, uh, tooth decay, to bad breath, to poor facial development, to neck instability. There's so many connections when you your mouth's open. And the reason is because um, one is the, the airway changes and two is your tongue posture completely changes. So when, when I looked at um, trying to get something done, I think at the time they had a couple of different products that were not intended for oral use, 
So putting mm-hmm. him in your mouth yeah. um, was, um, I, I was really skeptical using it. And actually, I never actually tried it myself because um, I, being from a Muslim background, I can't have um, any pork or pig products. And I had a suspicion that some of these products had that. And in addition, I didn't know what else was in there. And I know that for a fact, my patients, if I start giving it to my patients, they're going to start asking me what's in it. So I ended up trying to call the companies that had it. I said, well, what's in this? And they couldn't give me some answers. So I emailed them about uh, five or six weeks later, they emailed back and they confirmed my suspicion that it had some um, pig products. So all of a sudden that's Muslims, Jews, uh, vegans, um, some Hindus, because like some of them are vegetarian. And that that eliminates a large proportion of the patients that I can use it. So then I thought, well, there's a need here. We've got to get this done um, because for one, I've got to use it for my patients. And if I'm having this issue, I'm sure a lot of people, are, a lot of other people are having it. So I sat down with Ibrahim and I said, look, can you do this? Because he's um, a whiz when it comes to pharmaceutical sciences. He, he understands how a um a pharmaceutical manufacturing facility works their machines and all that i said what can you do this and within a week he had a wow prototype (laughs) he was yeah he had a prototype now that prototype i tried i said this is really good and then but it didn't do this 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 and that can you change it and then he would go back into his kitchen and well literally speaking actually he was making this sort of stuff at home <laughs> and he would give it to me and I said, well, you know, that's, that's good. And about probably about, it could have been 10 to 15, you know, uh, more tries. I ended up with a little bag. Then I said, okay, look, I'm going to try this on my children. <laughs> so we had them and we tried them on my children and then it would have it that, okay, we wanted to see whether or not there was, there was any, um, interest in this and we we found that a lot of the speech therapists and my functional therapist said yes look we'd like to try this so ibrahim said look what we have to try and do is make it properly and use a pharmaceutical manufacturing facility and he directed them on how to do it and um told them how to adjust their machines and what to do and whatever and uh it took about a year to get like an actual product from um you know that we could actually try on patients. And that was the very initial phase of making my spots. And now years later, as you know, in Switzerland, they make the actual full batches for us. And um, yeah, that's where, that's where it all started. So that was about four years ago when I first spoke to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I think it, it's a great idea because especially with little kids or people that have a, a tongue thrust habit where their tongue wants to hang out against or in between their teeth is really important to give their tongue a new place to go. And I always like to say that the tongue has the ultimate form of ADHD. It's like, we'll go there for a <laughs> second and then it's like off doing something else. It's like an elephant trunk has its own brain. So I think what's great about anything that you can use for passive wear is it's like a fidget spinner for your tongue. It just gives it something to do for its little ADD tongue brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The the interesting thing I, I was, I was, um, I'm making a, a, um, 
practitioner handbook. And cool. I thought to myself, well, how does this actually work? You know, what what's the mechanism of action? Why is it that when something's up against your palate that you go up there and you go over and over and over? And a lot of what happens is that initially the tongue goes up to touch because it's foreign. It's an irritant. It's sort of what is there in my mouth? And the, and the tongue can notice the very uh, smallest changes in your mouth. Actually, I had a patient that came in the other day who said, oh, I've got this huge little pointy um, ridge on my molar over here. Can you have a look? I couldn't see it. But I... Um, but when she pointed at it, uh, if I felt it, I could actually feel this tiny little ridge. And it took me all but three seconds to smooth it off. And he said, oh, my God, that feels so much better. But the point I'm trying to make is that the, the very tiniest changes in the mouth, the tongue feels. And we have this, we have this um, map of exactly where all our body parts are in space. And, and the, the mouth and tongue and teeth occupy almost half of that. So we have a, a very, very large amount of real estate in our mind connecting to where things are in space. Otherwise, when you bite down, your teeth wouldn't meet each time. You'd be biting over this side, biting over that side, but your mind just knows. And if you change somebody's bite, they get used to a new bite in order so you don't break teeth. And that's yeah. part of like a survival mechanism. So right. having that my spot up there, that the what I think happens is that as the tongue goes up, um, and touches it, you get some nerve stimulation and that that comes in the form of uh, taste, number one, and feel, taste and feel. And then you get obviously some saliva being released as well because if you taste something, the saliva then starts to say, well, okay, we've got to actually release some saliva here because it's a, it's a type of food. And so as the saliva gets released, then that saliva then assists in breaking down the my spot even further and guess what happens you get more stimulation and it becomes like a like a and then you want to raise your tongue even more and then more saliva more stimulation raises your tongue even more so you get like a positive feedback loop that's where so you, cool you, you, mm-hmm. you elevate your tongue you get saliva you get taste you elevate and it just keeps going further and further and that's what that's the mechanism of action and it just keeps that tongue up in that position all the time to the point where you don't even think about it anymore because now it's happening on a subconscious level and every now and then you go, Oh, that tastes good. But then you forget about it for 10 minutes and your tongue's doing that sort of, you know, that loop and developing memory for long term. So. Yeah. And also if you're wearing the spots and you're getting all that saliva, you're swallowing and that helps to reinforce that good um, swallow pattern where you touch the, the incisive papilla area and then swallow. Yeah. The swallow is one of the most, I think one of the trickiest things I, I did my functional therapy for um, without using a, my functional therapist for a good couple of years. It was, it's tough. Hey, like the, the job that you guys do, it's, it's a tough job because, but I did it for a number of reasons. One is that I wanted to learn and the only way to do that is I feel like to immerse yourself. Like if you want to learn a language, you want to immerse yourself in a place where they speak that particular language and learning my functional therapy was kind of like that. And running into the swallow I found was a very difficult thing to, you know, to fix because I mean, it's long-term habit. And I think a lot of, like it, I can imagine maybe some of the speech therapists, they have issues with 
you know, trying to get certain pronunciation of certain letters. And that would be difficult because the tongue is used to going to a certain position and mm -hmm. retraining that pro like, you know, how that mind works is difficult. And so the swallow, yeah, like you said, getting that tongue elevated and making it happen uh, subconsciously long-term can develop that habit of reinforcing, you know, that um, almost like a, you know, a conscious subconscious peristalsis kind of movement with your tongue against the roof of your mouth. So. so cool. So cool. All right. Well, since we're here and you're here, we obviously want to do a live demo. Uh, so I got my little banana flavored. <laughs> My oh, that's so, cool. <laughs> so okay obviously we're going to pretend like i don't know how to do this so how would you explain to someone how they should put the myo spot in their mouth what are your best tips uh, look i think um if you wanted to uh just get your tongue and wet your palate just slightly and it doesn't have to be like you know just get your tongue to sort of run across the roof of your mouth i think that's always a good habit and if you do that just before you put your my spot on then it just creates a very thin coat of saliva that just assists in getting it to stick. Make sure your hands are drying, you know, dry, clean, obviously. And you just place it on your thumb and you push it up onto that incisive papillae just on the gums, just behind your two front teeth. You hold it up there with medium pressure. It doesn't have to be too hard for about 10 seconds. And once you get to that 10 second mark and take your thumb off, it should hold there. Now, what I do there, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and at that point, um, I usually get patients just to, again, get a little bit of saliva on their tongue and put it up against the surface of the my spot. And yeah, mm -hmm. and once you do that, then um, just keep your tongue there, lips together, and that should be it. And the idea is just to keep your tongue there and <laughs> it should take about 45 minutes to dissolve. So the, the problem we have is that like some children, especially their tongue is really dry their palate is yeah. super dry and that's um you can imagine from you know uh keeping their mouth open all the time it's like an evaporation process the saliva just gets sort of dried completely out and when if that's the case then you end up in a situation where um sometimes the my spot can stick to the tongue stronger than it, what it would to the palate and that's the idea of oh, trying to get a bit of saliva <laughs> yeah a bit of saliva on your tongue or or even to the point once it's stuck up there, um, you may even um, uh, just get a little bit of water and just touch the my spot with it so that the surface is a little bit wet and then put your tongue on it for those people where their tongue just sort of sticks up onto it and rips it off. But after about five minutes, it sticks really strong and mm -hmm. it's hard to actually get off. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting yeah. there trying to, trying to sort of like, you know, get, uh, trying to sort of dissolve it with your tongue. And essentially what happens is, you're developing this tongue elevation habit. Hopefully over a few months, you end up with a long-term tongue elevation habit. So Yeah. Yeah. And like flavor wise, so I have banana, I have blueberry. I think I, those are the two I have. And I, you have a strawberry yeah. too, right? Yeah, strawberry as well. Yeah. I just yeah. don't have strawberry. <laughs> yeah. Strawberry seems to be the most popular. And mm -hmm. um, I thought, yeah, I don't know why. Like I, I, um, I would have thought the blueberry might've been, but I think it just depends the kids really, the children, they really love the strawberry flavor. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. like the banana and blueberry, it's good. It's subtle. It actually tastes like what it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm always a big strawberry fan, so I probably would pick strawberry too, but I actually really, yeah. really like the banana. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And it is, it's easy to put on. What I like about them too um, is patients can put more than one on if we're talking about the whole roof of the mouth and they want to focus on more than one area. You know, you can use them in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can put them like if you're having tongue overflow issues, you could put it on the sides of the palate and try and yeah. bring the tongue in to lift it up. So it's it's really versatile. You don't have to worry about accidentally swallowing it. You don't have mm. to worry about like what's in it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah. like that they last. They last a long time. So, um, yeah, I really, really enjoy them. Mm. Can you tell us uh, what is what's in them? What are they made yeah. out of? I just say they have a there's these little yeah. spots, but I can't tell you what they're in. But I know what's not in them. <laughs> so yeah. the, we know what's idea, not in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the ingredients are um, anybody can go onto the website in the in the. Uh, frequently asked questions and you'll actually find what the ingredients are but oh perfect with the ingredients we made sure that the um there was a few things that I really wanted to make sure of and that was um to try and make sure that they were as natural as possible and not to have um anything that's toxic in them so uh plant plant cellulose was one of them um xanthan gum they're the and uh and agar. They're the three main ingredients. Um, but there is stevia for the sweetening and there's natural color and flavoring. And um, the natural flavoring is from the actual fruit that, that it is from, potassium sorbate or one of those. It's an antimicrobial um, preservative. We need that because it can get, well, it can rot. So and we tried to find the safest one. And that's the same one that you find in, in most, a lot of breads and things like that, that they use in, in the supermarket. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And they, you know, they're not like, they're a little thick, but they're not so thick that like, you can't do anything, right? Like you want to be able to feel them, but you don't want them to like interfere with anything else. So, um, yeah, yeah, I have had several patients, especially like with gag reflexes or kind of any sort of fear of putting things in their mouth or really sensitive mouths really, really like them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think like the thickness is one of those things where I really tried to, it was difficult. You don't want them too thin because then if they're too thin, that they don't, they may not act as an irritant at all. Mm -hmm. Um and obviously, if they're too thick, then they can interfere with your speech too much and things like that. Um, so it was a difficult. And the other, and of course, we needed to make sure that they were thick enough to be able to, to put them in a press as well. So it was a tricky thing to determine the thickness. But um, having them, the th I think they're about 2.7 um, mils. Having them at that thickness, I think, worked out really well because they're thick enough to sort of irritate. And then after, after about 10 minutes, they're down to, you know, uh, one and a half to two mils and that lisping tends to move from there. So, hmm. Okay. And how can people buy them? Like, do you have to be a dentist or myofunctional therapist or can like, you know, a mom buy them for her kids to try them yeah, out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody can, like you, you can go to, if in, in, um, on our website, you can buy them directly from the shop on the website. So Anybody can buy them from anywhere around the world, but there are distributors. I think in the States, there's uh, My Made Easy, Rhonda from My Made Easy 
um, in in Canada vector diagnostics. And we've got a list of we've got a list of all the distributors on the website as well. So you can anybody from the public can just go up there and, and buy them as well. And of course, like when it comes to practicing practitioners and that, we always um, uh, make sure that we give them better deals and things like that because we know that they are there taking care of a larger number of people. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I might have to get some strawberry ones to try and, you know, <laughs> do do a little flavor testing. <laughs> yeah, and mine is yeah. still in there, you guys, just so you know, it's still there. So still there. Still there. And you're and, and I can't hear any lisping or anything like that with you. So it Yeah, seems a little weird. bit at first, but now it's like yeah. it's gone down to that little bit of level we were talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Super comfortable. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. Awesome. They're good ones. They're good ones. So, oh, well, if people want to find you guys directly um, on social media, your practice, myo spots, give us all your different handles. Where, where can they find you? Where can they track yeah, you down? So, um, <laughs> on the myo spots Instagram, that's, um, that's probably, uh, there's a few people that uh, interact with that. But if, if anybody wants to speak to me directly, they can just send me a message on the myo spots Instagram. Um, they can email me on, I can send you through my email address. It's sfarragala at myspots.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they're the two main ways you can actually contact me. And I also work at Gold Coast Holistic Dental. So if anybody wants to like um, contact me through there as well, I'm happy to see them and talk to them, ask any question, answer any questions that they have as well. So. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all these things. I've always wanted to know some of these questions about like the difference between holistic dentistry and how everyone else yeah. does it. Yeah. So mind blown here. <laughs> um, appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much. That That's okay. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Yes. Yes. And of course, if you want to find Kimmy and I on social media, um, you can find us both at the Munch Bunch podcast. You can find Kimmy at Mouth Muscle Memory. You can find me at NWMFT. And if you guys want to find us in person, um, you can find us in the Dominican Republic hosting the Munch Bunch Retreat uh, for burnout and for business clarity, November 9th through 12th in uh, Sanctuary, Cap Canada, Dominican Republic. Check our social medias. We got links in our bios to learn more and see if that is a good fit for you. So you know, Shiba, I don't know what you're doing in uh in November, but we've been trying to get Cole to come too. So you guys can you guys can bunk together. <laughs> oh wow, sounds like yeah, I've never been down that way, so that might be something to look into. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yeah. come join us. Um, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have a great time. Um, and we're doing it in a pretty pretty cool bougie place. So yeah, taking nice. care of ourselves is just as important as taking care of everybody else. So that's what this is really. This is what it's all about. So hundred uh, percent. All right, you guys. Well, thank you again for tuning in. Um, DM us if you have questions. Um, if you want to get connected to try Myo Spots, um, let us know and we will connect you with them as well. Thank you. Thank you very much, both of you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.